Hello, Dragon Tamers, and welcome back to another episode of Enter the Dragonair's Den. As always, I am Taku Dog, joined by the legendary professor, Jet Force Gemini. Great to be here on another Monday night with you. It is a beautiful Monday night. There is no snow on the ground, and the weather was actually nice enough that I didn't have to look like an Eskimo riding a bicycle. <laughs> we got we got another dose of rain, but it's feeling kind of weird. It's it's feeling like we live in a place where it rains, which is unusual. Does that are you guys still in that drought over there, or is it still like drought, like no water? I mean. The the hillsides are giving out, so I mean it's it's well saturated, but California just is just not really built to even capitalize on the rain we do get. So it's it's still it's still drought technically. Gosh darn it! Okay, yeah. well, it's a sore subject. I am sorry. Well, actually, no, I'm not sorry. I get to make fun of Donut for not having water for a little bit longer. Then water, water everywhere. <laughs> well. If you're new around here, welcome. We are a Pokemon Go PvP podcast that specializes in the Sylph Arena's team-based PvP known as Factions, In the specializing also in the lower tiers open to bronze. And if you're not new around here, unfortunately, the special guest series has come to an end. And now we have to do go back to the grind of, let's recap and preview the bouts. And shenanigans. You know, shenanigans are pretty much a given at this point. And so... We have, but before we get into that, we have a little bit of some news, primarily in the in the in the catastrophe that was Elite Raids with Reggie Drago, and I know it's a bit of a sore spot. Jet, I have to ask you, how was your experience? Did you have errors? Not that I know of. I mean, I didn't have like a big group or anything. We just went and did, I think, a couple at two, and then another one, maybe one other one at, at eleven or something, or opposite of that, where we did. We got a couple in early, and then we're like, oh, we'll do one more at two. And as, as far as I know, everyone got it and it was fine. Unless okay. unless errors errors apply to anything that was supposed to spawn or happen afterwards. Because as far as I know, we didn't get any rare spawns or anything like that. I did not know if rare spawns were even going to be a thing. I just knew of the special research that was coming out, like right yeah, afterwards. There was, there was yeah, there was the timed make friend research or whatever. We got that, and then there was still like a little timer that made me think that there was supposed to be rare spawns around, but then nothing happened so I was just like okay <laughs> unfortunately no wool no wooloos are gonna spawn this time around yeah I miss my wooloo chase I miss my wooloo chase too when that thing comes back I'm gonna be hunting it like there is no tomorrow I did get house spawn with the Hisurian Coalfish today though so that was that was neat oh I'm jealous it is it is apparently a, a weather spawn. It was it spawned right before the weather changed, and so I was like, Oh man, this could be it. No. I was when you're on that subject, I was biking home today and a Milotic spawned. And I was just thinking what? to myself, Oh my goodness, a Milotic, this is great, I'm gonna catch it. So I tapped on it and I forgot that Milotic was my buddy and it ended up being a Zorua. Uh, I was so mad because I want to stack XL candies, but you know, I'm using my loading. The dupe was big. Yes, it was biggest of sads. In other news, we also have Togetic Community Day. I don't know why they call it Togetic. We should just call it Togepi because that's what everyone remembers. But I'm probably in the minority. Well, that's that's what's going to be spawning. So, Right. And the special move is going to be Aurasphere. I'm not entirely sure how Aurasphere is going to shape up 
in if it's going to shake up togekiss really well i'm just looking at it is it's a slightly stronger fast move or a slightly stronger charge move that consumes the same amount of energy as flamethrower that's all i got really for it I haven't really looked. Is it only Togekiss that gets the move, or does Togetic also get it? Just Togekiss. And there will be the egg, the one-quarter distance eggs, two times catch XP. Elevated chance for X for XL candies, because, you know, 1% is still an increase, I guess. No, I'm not salty. <laughs> oh, it... it- is that is that what the data says? It feels like I get a ton. No, no, no. Like a lot of people when they complain, "Oh, I'm not getting XLs. I'm not getting XL candies from this." They said it was increased. I always make the joke in my in my in my home server, "Well, a 1% increase is still technically an increase, but I think it's like a 50% increase of XL spawns." Okay. I mean, I always run a mega 3 that's relevant, so like I feel like I'm ever hurting for XLs even if there isn't a bonus. Right. And especially since it's going to be a normal flying, if you have a Charizard, or no, Pidgeot, actually. Pidgeot would be a better one, because Togetic is technically a normal flying, correct? No. Dang it. All right, Gardevoir, (laughs) or... They're they're all fairies. Okay. But it is still flying, so Pidgeot works fine. Like, that, that part is still good. Okay. I get you, I get you. And so... With that being said, I'm super interested to see how Togekiss hopefully gets Fairy Wind in the next update for PvP, if that ever happens, or if they're just going to add Boom Burst to it, because of course they are. Who doesn't love a good Boom Burst? (laughs) Give Boom Burst... Remember Niantic, the PvP community wants more Boom Burst. Yep. But alrighty, so... Enough about the ban... Oh, also, no, not enough about the bantering, so we're going to continue with it. Jet, how is your Galarian Slowpoke or Slowpoke Community Day? I was just happy that we didn't have to do anything special for the Galarian spawns, like that it was a just a mix of everything. Ah, so that's... so that was that was a relief. And then it was, Jack, our our teammate, came down, and I got to show him around Carlsbad Village, which was fun. Oh, that's that's always fun. I'm glad you guys had a meetup. Yeah, well, and then it was just, it was a beautiful day, and it's beach town, so it was, it was just like, oh man, it <laughs> doesn't feel at all like it's about to, you know, start another string of rainy days. Looks like the weather was nice enough for you all, for y'all to get out there. I'm jealous. Yeah, well, and it's a point where we've had a few other event days already this year that we, that's, that's our usual destination, and the last time I didn't put on sunscreen, and this this time I definitely did. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. We had, I was like, we had a community, a good community weekend in, with our, with my home server. We had, obviously we had the Slowpoke Community Day. It was stupid cold. Temperature outside was 40 degrees, but with wind chill, it was like in the teens. It was, it was de- depressingly cold did two whole laps called it good and said screw it i'm staying inside for the rest of this event you mean you you didn't do like the emperor penguins and just kind of like slowly rotate who was on the outside taking the wind and sharing the burden of coldness oh we did that we did that we bobbed and weaved through stores just like warming up a little bit and then we went back outside but we were just like we have like some really thick gloves that you can use to like still play but because it was so cold, you could not like you could do it, but your hands would still get cold through the gloves, and the hand warmers wouldn't do jack. 
I still got a, a good handful of shinies. I was able to complete a shiny family of Galarians, but I didn't get enough shinies to complete a shiny Kanto version. And so now I looked at my final haul. I had 12 Galarian Slowpokes that were shiny, and I had two Kanto Slowpokes. It might also be slightly affected by what you were prioritizing. Oh, I was, ta- I was letting my gacha run everything and tapping on everything. I was shiny checking first, catching second. And the good news is lots of people have them and you have them registered. So cheap, easy trades later on. Definitely. And then Sunday we had our, our local PvP tournament and we had a lot of people show up because we had raffled off a Pokemon Go Hoenn Tour shirt to whoever the grand prize winner was that was not a TO. There you go. And so everyone goes, so Taco, because I, I unfortunately swept. And they said, Taco, since you want it, you <laughs> keeping the shirt? And I said, TOs don't keep the stuff they give out. That's called Indian giving. That's not fun. Yeah. So we get we gave it out. Everybody. I did not acquire the prize for myself. <laughs> I have your prize hidden and saved for June, okay? Yay. But you got to come out here for it. Otherwise, I have to put it back in the rotation. <laughs> so that was a fun weekend and every all the new people were super excited for it so i'm glad to to grow this pvp community again slowly but surely yeah well and it's like i know la has started to do some in-person tournaments again just because caleb is making videos on them <laughs> <laughs> i don't think there's any existent communities down this way current gotcha that is the biggest of sads but you know, pandemic definitely, yeah, the pandemic and just the easiness of remote has made yeah. doing a lot of tournaments easy, but it has taken out the, the human factor of meeting people and meeting meeting others and kind of growing together. I'm not knocking remote tournaments in the least bit. This is just my personal opinion on it because I'll still do the five, I'll still do the five remote tournaments a month to have fun with it, but I always have a special place for that in-person tournament just because there's people that I still have not seen since the pandemic. I, I can't believe you're doing five a month. <laughs> well, there's there's the Canton server, there's our server, there's the Thunderdome, there's the home one, and then there'll be the like now I'm doing the if the the SoCal if the in the SoCal Swablu server if they ever host a weekly one or a monthly one I'll jump in that or I'll find like a wild a wild card one to jump into. It's all about pacing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and for me, it's, it's just, okay, so I'm doing ours, and which other one should I do this? <laughs> <laughs> really like Ionic. Like, I try to do as many tournaments as I can in that one, but I don't want to overburden myself and say, oh, I love Polka Dot more, but only eight more rounds are going to count. Good luck, Taco. I don't even, I don't even have an opinion on Polka Dot yet. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen anything. I'm not going to do the research on it. Except the name. But already, so with all of that out of the way, you ready to do some recaps? Yeah, what's what's going on in, in open tier? Alrighty. So the latest and greatest open tournament, or tier known as open, it is objectively the best tier. You can fight me about it later. We had some new com- some new teams show up. After the after all the everything was said and done from the last episode, we went from fifty five open teams to fifty. So there's still a lot, obviously. But Notable nice for them. Notable standouts, we did have Roslark Bow got another tune-up bout, but instead of winning 21-0, to they won 20-1. I can't believe they got the same bout one matchup. I know. But you, I guess like it's a kind of a double-edged sword, because on one hand, you think, oh, 
we fought this team before, we can use our, our, our tapes from last time. Alternatively, you can also use it as just a, oh, we're fighting again? Oh, it's gonna be an easy win. But Rosark Bow is definitely on the warpath to let everybody know that they should not have finished so so low in the in last cycle. Where were you on the over under again? I was under. Oof. Yeah. So I hope I'm hoping MJ forgot, but he'll probably <laughs> tag me on Twitter. It's like I haven't forgotten. <laughs> never. Once it's on the internet, it never forgets. Yeah. We also had the Nerdy Birds putting a 15 point putting up 15 points against Goldeen Girls. Masubi starts the cycle off with a win, 13-8. We also had the Wigglytuff Warriors upsetting SoCal Swablu Coastal 12-9. And I do know that it was 10-8 for the longest time because there was a dispute of some sorts. I'm glad that they got all of it squared away. Palatown Red wins a sweaty against the Aztec League USA. Kind of like that faction itself because it has a lot of players the entire team is based out of mexico i was gonna say did we even talk about this team this does not sound familiar to me at all we did not not at all there's just so many teams it's hard to it's hard to kind of what's the word i'm looking for it's kind of hard to pick like the good one the great teams and the low and the low teams but i mean not but based off of the performances it's it's so hard to highlight (laughs) i mean you just you go through you do your best you're right so with all of that being said i'm not gonna pick the team to follow jet what team would you like to follow (laughs) for the remainder of the of open tier this cycle i feel like there's some that we're gonna follow like whether we plan to or not so i kind of want to pick something that is just new and is off the radar i'm listening (laughs) Well, well, this isn't totally true, but uh, now, now that I've scrolled down the list and I'm, I'm thinking again, oh, like how how do we feel about following following the Weedle Nevil squad? I can throw my support behind that because they have an amazing team logo. The half of the tropical team, the Island Guardians, we stayed in open. <laughs> yep. So we'll go ahead and jump into that one. So Weedle Knievel won 14-7 against Nice Sack Bro. These these factions are getting very creative with their names. Okay, well, and that, <laughs> that logo is pretty great, too. <laughs> because, you know, Scrafty has a pouch. Right. <laughs> Alrighty. So we'll kind of we'll kind of change the, the format this time. We'll start in the open, the open specialist slots. And then kind of we'll goes down the, the field. Yeah, weird. <laughs> we got to keep we got to keep the audience on their toes, you know. Well, this first matchup is keeping me on my toes. Three shadows on both sides. Okay. Three shadows on both sides. One shadow of the three is incredibly spicy. We had Juicy Chicken Yo should change his name to Spicy Chicken Yo because I haven't seen a Pidgeot and a Shadow Hitmonchan in the Open League for a very long time. Versus I am Liquor94. Yeah, Hooked on Phonics. <laughs> just take your time with it. There's no rush. <laughs> so Juicy Can Chicken. I'm oh, sorry. Send it to the editor. Yes. I will definitely make sure that the editor gets their fair share of gummy bears this week. So we had Juicy Chicken Yo bring Galarian Stunfist, Azumarill, the most overrated Johto Pokemon of all time, Pidgeot, Shadow Alolan Marowak, Shadow Dragonair, and Shadow Hitmonchan up against 
Lickers, Registeel, Shadow Gliscor, Shadow Drapion, Obstagoon, Shadow Venusaur, and Jellicent. Right off the bat, the, the Venusaur, actually no, not the Venusaur, excuse me. Well, it didn't look like it had a lot of play up except for Shadow, except for the Azumarill. But I'm very interested to see how well this Jellicent matched up against the Stunfisk, the Alola Marowak, the Dragonair, and the Pidgeot if it had either Shadow Ball or Ice Beam. Your thoughts, Jet? I was thinking that the Jellicent is the one reason why the Shadow Dragonair can't run the bread and butter Aqua Tail Body Slam. Not that that stops it from being good in this matchup, just because the Aqua Tail alone is, is pretty good against a lot of the other stuff. Yeah, because Aqua Tail can hit the Gliscor for super effective damage. It can hit Obstagoon for decent damage, as well as Drapion and Registeel. Right, well, and, and I lean Aqua Tail just because of the Registeel. Ah, I see. The, the other thing that I had to do is I had to go open the new Great League format points <laughs> just to, like, break down where the, the points were. Oh, okay, I see. I forget that they changed the metas in Great League. It just looks so new. Well, and I suspect that's why we're going to see more shadows popping up. I was kind of noting that just when I was looking even at higher tiers that there seemed to be a lot more shadows this time. And <laughs> this might be the first Great League matchup that I've looked at that didn't have Ninetales on both teams, specifically Alolan, whether it was Shadow or not. I see. Okay. I keep forgetting that Gliscor is not a poison type because of it has the ability poison heal. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it's a ground and flying type. But we'll get into my my lack of type matchups later. <laughs> your, your, your bleed over from main game. Yes. And so I'm probably thinking that Juicy Chicken Yo was able to keep was able to handle the Jellicent. If I had to guess, it was running Shadow Ball and Surf, which kind of let Pokemon like Pidgeot and Hitmonch, well, maybe not Hitmonchan so much, because it has access to Thunder Punch, kind of keep it keep it at bay and allowed the rest of the four team and allowed the rest of Juicy Chicken's team to kind of mop up or get aligned in favorable matchups. Oh, yeah, and well, and I'm looking at just that combination of Pidgeot and Dragonair, and between the two of them, like, there's not a lot they can't handle. Yeah. That's that's a very fair a very fair assumption to make. Like I said, I'm going off of Jellicent did not come with Ice Beam, but in the off chance that it did, it could be a pretty big core breaker. Yeah, well, and just having played through <laughs> quite a bit of, of Open or just, just kind of watched the new Jellicent meta, it is much more comfortable into G-Fisk now with the Surf, especially, so I... I feel like we'll see less and less of the ye old double nuke Jelson, where the, the surf is just too much more reliable, I feel like. And you, you kind of are now forced to make that decision of where where your extra oomph is going to be. And, and Shadow Ball is just such a good move. Like, that, that one is also hard to leave on the bench. You are correct. The only case that I would see for Shadow Ball staying on the bench would be maybe... And this is a huge stretch. If there was more dark presence on Juicy Chicken's team, then definitely I would run a more a more surf ice beam set rather than the rather than a set shadow shadow ball. But yeah, like you said, double nuke definitely is not or is starting to 
kind of fade away, we still have to be wary of that because Arceus only knows when when somebody's gonna run that and just flip a matchup when they're like, oh, la di da, I can just do this, and my Pokemon's gone. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean that that is the beauty of factions is that there is always the opportunity after the teams reveal to change your mind about what kind of moveset you were anticipating would be useful. This is true. Remember, remember trainers, movesets are not locked in until you use that Pokemon for the first time. It says so in the rulebook. Alrighty. Well, just kind of last comment was I will give it to Juicy Chicken still that this does not look like it would have been as comfortable as a clean 3-0 as, as we've kind of talked through before where there is still counterplay like I wouldn't say that either of the things we mentioned are kind of sweep worthy where it's like yeah they can they're good to take on one other Pokemon but then you kind of need whatever else to finish out your match yeah that I can I can get behind that I can get behind that that comment on there well alrighty now everyone's favorite just a card yep just a car, just a sheer, whatever you want to call it. So, to recap, just a car, I'm going to call it that for simplicity's sake. Just a <laughs> car, just a car allows the types bug, electric, fairy, fighting, fire, ice, poison, and shadows. In the band, and they do not allow ground, hashtag free my boy Flygon, Toxicroak, Dracalgy, Aurorus, Megas, Alolan, Alolan Golem, Lantern, and Tapu Fini. This just goes to show you that Sylph hates dragons confirmed because they don't allow it in any other specialized fields. Anyway. But there's like two dragons in this match. Look, it's not Flygon, so I'm going to say they hate dragons, okay? Mm. <laughs> but you are correct. So we had Charmanderson and Bamil93 fight up against pretty much a mirror team both of them brought Shadow Charizard, both of them brought Gengar, and bro- both of them brought Komo-O and Luxray. Yes, I know that equals four. I just noticed the Luxray. In the four, diff- is still, four is still a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. However, Charmanderson brought a Nihilego and a Scrafty, and Bomil brought a Regice and a Shadow Dra- Drapion. The Nihilego is pretty cool. I have not heard anyone talk about that one for Justicar yet. It has kind of flown under the radar. You would think if, well, I guess the way that I'm thinking of, there was a lot of talk chatter about Togedemaru, but I would I would guess that Togedemaru would be a t- Pokemon that really hard counters Nihilego, but kind of looking at, at Bamil's team, the only Pokemon I'm seeing that can deal, like, what's the word? Deal a lot of damage would be that Luxray with Psychic Fangs. And then Regice can't learn Earthquake that I know of. It can. Oh, it can. Okay. So Luxray and Regice are the only two Pokemon <laughs> that can deal a lot of damage. Well, I guess Aquatail, Drapion as well. But I'm even going to focus on the Luxray and Regice for a second. And so kind of having one Pokemon be a core breaker for Luxray and Regice definitely puts a lot more play in Charmanderson's team than on Bamil's team. Because, like, that, that Scrafty, the Scrafty can, will take neutral damage from Psychic Fangs Luxray, but it is so, it's so deadly against... It doesn't throw from Psychic Fangs, Taco. Come on! <laughs> it doesn't take neutral, but it's a fighting and a dark type. Yeah. So would it, Wait, so fighting is super effective. Dark is double. Dark is double resisted. 
So that means it would be single resisted. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, I will learn Pokemon Go mechanics, okay? Yeah. <laughs> this is nothing like the main series game. I need to stop. No. Okay, so I'm going it back. It still bothers me that it's not just flat double resisted if there's a immunity. I am not going to touch that with a 10-foot pull. I'm still <laughs> learning type matchups, okay? Yeah. But going back to what I was saying, the Scrafty really only has to look out for Homo-O and Charizard. Because it can just run through Drapion, Gengar, Luxray, and Regice. And I mean, I, I think you have sussed out what the Nihiligo is there for, and it's it's just that little extra Charizard coverage. Because aside from Luxray and their own Charizard, that they're they're kind of weak to it. Yeah, so this one kind of looks more of a cut and dry option when compared to, I guess, the other one, based on this storyline. But I am not above being told, Taco, you're wrong, and this is what happened. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the that's the bonus Im- implicit community response, right? Is if, if they're listening, they can tell us we're wrong. Oh, definitely. And I am. I would be the first to say I am not above saying, no, my headcanon is right, even though you have the footage and you have, like, the experience of it. If you say hey, Taco, this is what actually happened. And then you you walk me through what happened. I go, oh my goodness, I didn't think about that. And last cycle, there was there was one trainer that would walk me through it and then link to me their Twitch that actually goes over the, goes over the cycles or the, the bouts and says, this is how we won, this is why. And then I said, I will make it a point to try to watch those. And then I forget that, oh, I keep forgetting to do that because I am... I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're they're not our our highlight team anymore, so that's fair. You're free to forget. No, I can never forget. <laughs> but yeah, my my big takeaway here is just like Nihiligo is is out of left field, and it's it's cool. Like whether whether they brought it or not, and it kind of seems like they might have. It it is it has made a splash, right? Yep, a pretty big one, honestly, or at least in this case. But as we as we're gonna see how the meta how the Justicar meta develops, things might look a little different come about seven, eight, and nine. Ready to move on into the Master League? Yeah, I was I was pulling up the new Master League resources. Okay. So the Master League also had well they didn't have the same well they had the same point total in with eight. No, they didn't. Yes they did. Someone will correct me about this. I am not a Master League player. But the Master <laughs> League... Unlike, yeah, unlike, unlike the Great League point total system, the, the whole everything else is all zero points. Yes, and I am very excited about that. So in the Master League, you have your S tier, A tier, B tier, and C tier made up of points. Specialists have only eight points to use. And then you have your D tier. That is any Pokemon not listed in the S, A, B, and C. However, Megas... Are, more Megas are quickly being expanded to this, and I am loving it. I do have to give a special shout-out a little bit earlier to one of our teammates, Danny, who brought a Mega Pidgeot and was just mm, chef's kiss. It was amazing, the fight that it was in. Mega Pidgeot's my favorite Mega because Flygon didn't get a Mega. <laughs> but anyway, back to Open Master League. We have RJ. I'm not going to finish it. It's just RJ. Going up against the North Star. In this matchup, we RJ brought Mega Gengar, Lugia, Yellow Florges, Swampert, Metagross, and Mamoswine up against Ho-Oh, Kyogre, Melmetal, Swampert, Excadrill, and Togekiss. Right off the bat, we're seeing your Swamperts. 
come together. So we have a double water core, double water, double steel into double ground, then double psychic. At least that's the way I'm reading it. Meanwhile, I'm I'm also on, on the points tab, like Metagross is now a zero point pick. <laughs> that seems crazy to me. I think it's because it was overshadowed by Dialga in the as a steel in the steel slot. Hmm. That's at least what I'm going with. Once again, if anyone in the arena team has any thoughts or changes, <laughs> y'all know where to find me. I am more than happy trolling trolling the server with the the dartboard is a false god, and I will say it once and I'll say it a thousand times. Anyway, so <laughs> So yeah, just to just to highlight the points that or the picks that were worth points from from the teams. RJ had the Gengar Lugia Florges. And that was that was all the points. Okay. And then Ho Kyogre are both tier three and maybe this will come up later too, is that Groudon has moved up to a four point and Kyogre is still three. I see. Well Groudon definitely had a sp- got a lot of use or a lot of mileage out because the ground typing is very good in the Master League. And then yeah, Melmetal is also in the, the two point. Right. I was going to say, I know it's not on the list, but Groudon with Fire Punch and Precipice Blades is a very scary sight, being able to pretty much one-shot any of the Steel types that it goes up against. And then you have your Fire Punch as bait slash coverage. The only thing that can really beat a Groudon consistently is a flyer like Mega Salamence or a very bulky boy like Lugia, which is also a flyer. Yeah, and... The the thing that's still difficult for my for my Great League implanted brain is is stuff like Swampert. Yeah, Swampert where, has no business playing up there. Well, no, it's it's on it's on both teams, right? I more mean in the heads up against something like a Groudon, where you would expect just based on typing Swampert to do decently well, and just really starts to be this is this is where the stats start to show again. Like leans more towards our. VGC knowledge, right? Of oh yeah, the, those stat totals start to matter again, and yeah, I, I'm I'm also wondering if this is just a formatting thing that we're gonna see all of the picks that are worth points towards the left, like that that's part of the input, just because I haven't done that myself. We will have to ask one of our master league special. I mean, I think it'll probably tell on itself as we as we go through more teams, right? Possibly, but I know there were questions on. There, I know there was questions on there. There was one player who thought that they brought that their opponent brought an illegal team because they thought it equaled ten. But when they broke it down and talked it out throughout the server, they realized that the math was wrong and it actually equaled eight. But my brain was processing way too slow to like <laughs> pick where all the Pokemon were, and so to me, I'm thinking maybe they put it all there or maybe they just don't or they kind of like sprinkle it out. We'll find out shortly. Yep. <laughs> But anyway, going back into this matchup because we we're on we're moving on on tangents. Well, we we got we got some tangents just that are part of starting a new cycle, right? Yeah, definitely. The first cycle is always the longest. I like Mega Gengar because you resist Charm Togekiss. You resist Charm Togekiss. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> and well, then, and in general, just that man, I feel like I need to check even just what 
reliably even beats Mega Gengar. Well, it is a very attack-weighted Pokemon. It's also part poison. And Swampert and Excadrill both deal super effective damage with with their fast moves and they can get out those spammy charge moves like Hydro Cannon and Drill Run. Yeah, okay, this is this is the context I was missing. Mega Gengar, or I was I was kind of making an assumption, I'm glad that it's here, is the number one pick for, for Factions Master League this time. Oh, today I learned. Yeah, and Excadrill is, is on the list of things it loses to, but it's like, barely. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, in this particular matchup, just the fact that they don't have a dark type to even like in theory soak up some damage makes it makes it even scarier right right because then you have to use that togekiss to kind of absorb the ghost moves oh wait no fairy doesn't resist ghost (laughs) (laughs) taco how did you get on this podcast i don't know once once upon a time togekiss was a normal type you're correct and then and then the fairies came and yeah not in not in our game Oh my goodness. Like I said, I promise I'll learn these types and these changes. <laughs> I mean, it's funny just because it was the Turkish family twice already. <laughs> it's been a long weekend. <laughs> yeah. Where was I going with? And so, going off of this, the Mega Gengar definitely had a lot of play, which yeah. kind of opened up, I want to say opened up Lugia to kind of keep the ground boys at bay with Swampert and Excadrill and still being bulky enough to be able to tank those rock slides. And then you can put in, say, not Florges, because those two steals are kind of scaring me a little bit. You can counter with your own Swampert, take Ho-Oh down. That's the way I'm looking at it. Hmm. Yeah, outside of the Mega Gengar, I feel like I like the, uh, the double steal in general just with the pressure that it puts on the other team. Right. Because Kyogre doesn't have anything that it's outright afraid of on the other team. And Ho-Oh has quite a bit of bulk of its own. And so I'm looking just at that heads up. And it's it's almost like which of the supporting cast do you bring in to help with that, right? (laughs) Where it's just kind of like, it feels like it was just the top two on both teams against each other and then it was like okay <laughs> which of the sheep do we bring <laughs> <laughs> yes not not that i mind that but I'm, I'm just trying to kind of change the way that i'm that i'm looking at these matchups because especially with the new megas just the the power level is so different already that is true that's very true and then after after this like i i, <laughs> I hope we'll do these a little faster <laughs> <laughs> well already then so I mean, we can also kind of breeze through Arcana and Catacomb because, well, let's be honest here. Catacomb's a little bit easier to crack. Arcana may take some extra time. So in the Arcana field, this is one of the new fields that self-unveiled. Very excited. Have you have you looked at Arcana very much? No. Okay. I have the infographic pulled up. Cool. So in the Arcana field, you are allowed to bring Ghost, Grass, Psychic, or Rock types, as well as Gyarados, Scyther, Vespaqueen, and Honchkrow. Sadly, Electric, Fairy, Ice, and Normal types are not allowed. Additionally, Steelface, Bastiodon, Probopass, Regirock, Trevenant, Sableye, Galarian, Articuno, and Tropius are also banned. This is, this is sounding like the meta team has gone out of their way for this entire cycle just to make 
a little bit less bulky fields. It, I mean, the matchups are faster, and I'm 100% on board with that. Well, and I'm wondering if it's if it's coming from a place of... I, I had started reading earlier their whole breakdown article from last cycle, mm. but I'm wondering if it's kind of stemming from their Ember comments, where they they did... They did create a a meta that was based on matchup mastery, but it was it was hyper centralized, right? And so I'm wondering if this is okay. Take two. <laughs> After you know, it only took like a couple weeks of factions for 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 Ember to kind of get into its holding state, especially because also vanilla players were adding statistics to it, right? Yes when they had the cup in ember or in january excuse me yeah so so i'm i'm wondering if kind of the the full spread of the field metas are reflecting what the, the meta team has learned from from ember specifically honestly i hope so because yeah. the ember was i had high hopes for it it was just not very fun at the end of the at the end of the cycle but kind of looking at the arcana there are some teams or there are some pokemon that are standouts like Shiftry, Pelipper, Macargo, and Crustle, who showed up on a decent number of these teams. Well, and I'm not super surprised, right? Like, especially week week one, bout one, whatever you want to call it, for new metas, you're, you're going to see a lot more of what are looking in the simulations like safe picks. And mm. those, those are also fairly familiar for a lot of GBLers, right? Where... Like more Pelipper than anything. Oh yeah, wing attack buff Pelipper go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I also like usually going back to the Arcana field. Pelipper being, wait, how is how is Pelipper allowed in Arcana if you can bring Ghost Grass Psychic or Rock? Oh wait, it's it's specific. Oh, it's part of the like additions. Yeah, it, yes. It wasn't listed on the. It was listed on the infographic, but it's not listed on the on the Meta's timeline page. That's why I got confused. Gotcha. Okay, but yeah, going back to Pelipper. So Pelipper with Wing Attack and Weather Ball is a very potent combination. Being able, and we'll get into Flywalker's team in a second, because with Wing Attack buff, you can take care of you take care of the grasses and the bugs, and then with the Weather Ball spam, you can take care of the rock types and the ground types that may have snuck their way in like Runarigas. Kind of jumping, I'm going to segue into Flywalker's team who brings a team that is super weak to Pelipper and lucked out because his opponent DJ did not bring Pelipper. And just kind of going to walk through that a bit. Flywalker brings <laughs> Tyrant, Runarigas, Macargo, Average Size, Gorgeist, and Shiftry. And then of course Pelipper. His opponent brings Shiftry, the Shadow Variant, Lorantis, Tyrant, Gengar, Crustle, and Kafagrigus. I don't think it's very hard to know what happened in this 2-1. Your thoughts? And I mean, we'll 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 probably have to talk about it just because we ran into Fury Cutter Crustle, where here I'm leaning more that SmackDown Crustle was was looking better for DJ's team. Yeah, in this case, SmackDown Crustle did well too. Well, just kind of needed it for the Pelipper specifically, right? <laughs> yeah. However, with you know, if it's a SmackDown Crustle, then you kind of 
you kind of leave yourself a little bit vulnerable to Shiftry and its Leaf Blade. And when that once that's off the field, well, I mean, you do have to watch out for Lorantis as well because Lorantis can beat Shiftry. But you can kind of pair it up with, say, uh, average size Gorgeis to kind of negate that that damage a bit. Yeah, the, from Fury Cutter. From Fury Cutter Lorantis. That's what I'm going <laughs> I am jumping all over the place. Yeah, well, and Lorantis... It just just because it's it doesn't have as far as I know it doesn't really have third option charge move right like it's it's pretty well locked into Leaf Blade's superpower pretty much okay well it does get Excessor so I am slightly off on that and then Leaf Storm just just for basic listing listing everything ah so can bring something to at least kind of pressure types that it wouldn't that would otherwise only be hitting with resisted damage it's like i'm, I'm looking at Gorgeist in particular here right but it's also not a bug type <laughs> like i like keep forgetting uh, yeah like it's similarly modeled friend that is also <laughs> a mantis but is actually also a bug type i'm just i'm just kind of flabbergasted that Flywalker brings a team this this week to Pelipper and still managed to walk away with a 2-1. I mean, the, the team still has options in the Pelipper. Like, obviously, the mirror is fine. Rock Throw, Mad Corgo probably doesn't do awful. Uh, Shiftry, especially regular, like, can tank a Weather Ball fine. And then Tyrant is like a... Tyrant is weird. <laughs> 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 because it's, it's one of those very middle ground both offense and defense pokemon where it's, it's it's very rarely going to do nothing in a matchup and but but it's also hard to talk about as a rock type just because that damage is is stuck behind ancient power <laughs> it's, it's not as immediate as the as the crustles or the mag cargos yeah that's true and Quite frankly, with a meta like this, the dragon type Pokemon or the dragon moves will be a little bit, will be hitting everything for at least neutral damage. Plus, I was gonna say plus Tyrant's dragon typing with Dragon Tail being able to hit everything for neutral damage will also kind of kind of play a factor in making sure that people bring it more. I, I do like that it's less restrictive than in past metas compared to like the Amara which was a full XL build and this one's just a you might be slightly past 40 depending on your IVs that's which, a fair again I like I like the move towards as opposed to needing more full XL builds for another cycle of factions yeah XL builds aren't fun slight XL is fine I can manage that it's like I can I can walk a Pokemon for a couple power-ups or just throw some rares at it whatever but yeah, the the full fifties are, are rough. Yeah, that's why I still I will I will not build Ligaton. And my Metacham is gonna be have is gonna be slightly excelled, but it's not gonna be the, the, the rank one, that's for sure. Anyway and, and you're just you're just yeah, you're just trading a couple matchups for that. Anyway, yeah. My my point my point being I I like I like your read on this. The other thing that stands out is just DJ bringing the double or both teams running double ghost in a shift refocus meta is just kind of noteworthy. It is a it is a choice. However, I'm not going to say it's a bad choice because I need to dig into this meta a little bit more before I make an opinion on it. 
Well, and it's it's worth seeing what everyone actually ran, right? There's there is always a little bit of disparity between what is ranking highly and what is actually performing. So mm-hmm. let's see let's see how the other players matched up. True. I was gonna say in the I was gonna move segue into the other matchup where us having we had both traders brought Shiftry or yeah, Shiftry, Pelipper, however, dude from Denmark, I wonder if they're actually from Denmark, brought Tyrant. Lorantis and Jump Pluff and Dubzilla brought a Macargo, Runerigus, Ferrothorn, and then Haunter. Based based on their Sylph card, I'm gonna go with yes. So in this instance, it's very I like the Victini play, especially being able to hit Shiftry and Ferrothorn for super effective damage with its signature move V Create. However, I know that that Haunter and Shiftry likewise and Runerigus can kind of keep Victini in check a little bit yeah and, and having victini on a team with lorantis like that's you're you're looking for dynamic play right you're, you're having to cycle just to reset debuffs pretty much and then of course we have i mean macargo is also a really a really good pick on dubzilla side because we have the shiftry weak to it we have lorantis weak to it we have the jump pluff weak to it and then you can still threaten pelipper a little bit with rock tomb or Stone Edge if you just want to go straight nukes on it, which is a very viable option. I'm not saying it's the worst option. Well, and there's there's nothing on on Dude's team that actually resists rock, so could be could be a double rock scenario, right? True. Oh, I guess Tyrant is the reason why. Like one more push towards actually maybe wanting rock fast move as well. Okay. It's like just triple rocket. That team's going to rock and roll. Badoom. <laughs> Joke, fall. It's okay. So I am very interested to see how the Arcana field is going to develop. I love both of these teams. I'm liking the Pelipper, and I'm liking the Shiftries. Tyrant may or may not be a polarizing figure, but only time will tell. And it's it's fun to see where people are pulling their bulk from. Like, obviously, Pelipper's kind of middle of the road, right? It's, it's fairly attack-weighted. Yeah. Um, but then you get something like Ferrothorn in the mix and Jump Bluff and even the Rune and Kofa to a certain degree feel more like they're there just to give a little bit more health pool. <laughs> yeah. Like their, their, their coverage is based on the fact that they can reliably get a couple charge moves off. Especially when you get into an endgame scenario where you can you can debuff your opponent's last Pokemon with like the sand tomb and then come in with uh, a nuke move like say foul play or not even a nuke move but like a quick spammy move and it's just ggs on your opponent to kind of end that matchup well and i like that you mentioned both sand and rock tomb now because there doesn't seem to be very many offensive debuff moves outside of those so that i mean that's just a fun combo that players can maybe take advantage of yeah that's a fair point Every, all the other debuffs are just self-debuffs. <laughs> They're nuked to the extreme. But okay. Moving on into the catacomb field. <laughs> all of these Pokemon look so different from a different from another perspective. I just want to throw that out now there. That, now that you've played in catacomb? Yes. Been hyper-focused on one one team up or one, one team matchup? Yes, honestly. So on the Weevil side, we have Dark Answer going up against Captain 1589 
Dark Answer brings Azuilus, Mandibuzz, Umbreon, Chestnut, Frostlass, and Ariados. And Captain brought a Midnight Form Lycanroc, Alolan Graveler, Mandibuzz, Umbreon, Chestnut, and Frostlass. So we are seeing a core four. We are seeing a core of four Pokemon. And yeah, so that four based mirror again. <laughs> yeah. With, with, it looks like a very fast move pressure based Pokemon in Zwilus, and then a very spammy boy in Ariados. And then, yeah, the one kind of catacomb staple from, from back in the day of Alolan Graveler is just here to hang out. I don't remember using, oh wait, no. I don't remember using Alolan Graveler last time, but Umbreon was a pretty big staple. Yeah, well, and then the other one that isn't here is Tsurabudo and Beedrill, also naughty. Eridos sitting in for Beedrill. That is, I don't even know what to call it. I like the, I like the choice. However, it looks like it wasn't enough to get to get the win, but they still got points for their team. With with the presence of Chestnut on both of those teams. I can't help but think that the Mandibuzz were running Air Slash specifically for that. Or at very least, Captain was was free to run Air Slash because <laughs> Dark Answer had three Dark types, including the Mandy. Yeah, and well, I guess like kind of hold down the Frostlass. If you ran Air Slash, you would be double weak to it in Zwilus and Mandibuzz. But if you ran Snarl, you could help the matchup a little bit better just spamming foul plays out with umbreon i'm not sure what we're talking about anymore <laughs> oh <laughs> so i was saying dark answer didn't have to run air slash as much well there are there are good reasons why not to right captain is running two rock types uh-huh and that in itself is is kind of a, a reason to lean back into snarl territory whereas Dark Answer did not run any rock types, which is, I think it's, it's going to be very rare in Catacomb. Okay, I see what you mean now. That yeah. makes more sense. Yeah, so yeah, the, the Air Slash for Captain is was unresisted. And yeah, while, while Snarl can help slightly the Frost last matchup, it's still not good. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Hey, but if, you, if it was a case where you were slit, switch, slit, switch locked, you would want to basically stall for time on that one. To get Mandibuzz out of there. I mean, you're you're still chipping it, so it's it's not all bad. But that's kind of the difference maker, I think, in, in this particular matchup is just that you can count on Mandibuzz to beat something on Dark Answer's team, like fairly reliably. Like, okay, yeah, you might get stuck in a mirror or stuck against Frostlass, but and I mean the Umbreon matchup isn't great either. But you don't have to overthink it, right? Like. <laughs> Mandibuzz is, is going to do its job. Like, it's a it's a safe bring. Yeah, that's a fair point. Okay, so congrats to Captain on that one. <laughs> and in the next matchup, we have complete, almost completely different teams. We have Hasank and Duju Carlisle. Carlisle? Yes. I believe. <laughs> so Hasank brings Chestnut, Sableye, Frostlass, Umbreon, Cradley, and Alolan Muck into... Skunktank, Frostlass, Alolan Graveler, Samurott, Barbarical, and Chestnut. So we have a double water into a double grass team, or double water into double ghost and grass. All right, I'll ask the question, how did Doo do it? <laughs> well, I was I was going to take this opportunity to just say I think we're going to see a lot of Chestnut because it's one of the very few things in Catacomb that resists rock. Yeah, resists rock. And resists rock, resists dark. Yeah, so kind of 
what we look at as the staples outside of the Beedrill, like it does it does fairly good against. And after the Frenzy Plant edition, it's it's a lot better than most people remember. Yeah, I was ready to write off Chestnut and well we'll get into that later. I mean someone someone has to take the Venusaur slot, right? Yeah. You're you're not wrong on that. Although I am interested to see this Samurai Chestnut core and then Barbarical in there added for, I guess, extra help? Because Fury Cutter can really ramp up damage on Umbreon and Alolan Muck, because the bug beats the dark, but does the bug resist the poison? Or is poison resisted by bug? Yeah, so it's it's neutral to the Alolan Muck. Okay. Yeah. And then, is it the, is it the same case with Sableye? Because yeah. that would be neutral damage? Yep, okay. and Chestnut. Okay, and Chestnut. So it, Fury... is, it is super effective in Cradilly. That I did not. I thought it was neutral as well. Because doesn't, doesn't bug resist? Isn't rock resist bug? Sure don't. Wow. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna learn type matchups eventually. <laughs> the rock one is is weird. I'll give you that. Just because it's it's one of the ones that the offense doesn't match the defense. <laughs> okay, I see that. Yeah. <laughs> and so in this case, kind of seeing that the Fury Cutters and Chestnut. Chestnut being able to land Frenzy Plant against the Waters, Superpower against the Rocks, Darks. I think those are the only ones that you have to look out for, the Rocks and Darks. Oh, and Ice Types, because Ice Types are also allowed in the in the Catacomb field. Probably should have probably should have specified what is and what isn't allowed early. <laughs> but in the Catacomb field, yeah. Bug, Dark, Grass, Ice, Rock, Samurott, Sea King, Milotic, and Johto Quillfish is allowed. But Shadows, Steels, Poison Grass, Legends, Mythicals, Megas, Regionals, Scrafty, Obstagoon, Dugong, the Hasuian, Quillfish Line, Walrin, the Amara Line, the Dwebble Line, Trevenant, Araquanid, and Macargo are not allowed. This is a very restricted field. I don't like it. Just because I had to read a lot. (laughs) (laughs) There were a lot of words. A lot of words I understand. Just the word no is the only word I understood. But anyway, back to this matchup. I think Doodoo had a very good... I think Doodoo brought the Samurott Chestnut core and then paired it with the Swiss Army Knife of the Open Great League in Skunk Tank because you never know what it's going to run until you it hits the field. Well, and Skunk Tank is kind of a cool pick here as a Chestnut answer. Right, because even though it's going to be taking neutral damage from Poison Jab... If you land a flamethrower, your chestnut is going to be chest roasted. Taco. It takes it takes super from poison jab. <laughs> but poison is resisted against fighting types. No? No. Really? I quit. <laughs> I just quit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Hold on. BRB, I'm favoriting that page that you sent me. Good. That, that one... For, for anyone playing at home, pvpchart.com. It has like the most complete way I've ever seen of dealing with type matchups in kind of the tidiest way possible. That's the wrong that's the wrong website I almost went to. It was the swag tips website. Oh yeah, not the, not that one. Yeah. Not the not the Malmar RVs. <laughs> that is by far the best way to look at. I'm saving this page right now. Add it's it's safe okay and this is just for pokemon go right well yeah no (laughs) none of the other franchise stuff uses this formula so okay just just for pogo 
I will, yeah, okay, so I'll study this. I can't study it right now. I have to go back into the thing. Anyway, so going back yeah. to all of this. Okay, so Poison Jab is super effective against Chestnut, but yeah. Chestnut can still fire back the su- with superpower. And if you're if you're in a situation where if you're in a situation where you're going to take resisted damage or super effective damage, and if you have a shield advantage, just shield. The worst that could happen is you lose a shield, but you can gain switch advantage. The the frenzy plant's still going to hurt too. Like even even resisted, we know this from <laughs> playing playing the more the more common frenzy plant users where gunting is pretty glassy. I was mentioning it's it's interesting here because it's almost an even split as far as the advantage you get out of poison jab in this particular matchup where i i i like it in general like obviously the little muck is weird because then they're like resisting all of each other's moves <laughs> outside <laughs> of a, outside of the odd flamethrower but kind of for, for the other for the other suspects i think you can gain momentum like it's it's not kind of it's not cut and dry whether you would get shield or or switch necessarily more often out of out of the scun tank here just because it's like the the charge moves are pretty neutral just in combination and the the poison jab is either rather helpful or at least not a hindrance most of the time okay i do think it was hard for carlisle to bring their frost lass or <laughs> it's just like when you when you see sableye umbreon alolan muck is like oh we've got these these tasty chestnut cradillies sitting over here like even cradillie is like that that's not free food no really just really just the chestnut but that's why i think it would be better if skunk tank took that spot over frostlass yeah well and and i like it for that job right where it it can be dangerous if they leave it leave it alone for too long gotcha i see okay and then Skunk Tank can kind of help itself out with having access to Crunch for that debuff, that one stage debuff. So that's always a good sign. Yeah, you can you can set up a teammate. Well, alrighty then. So with open out of or almost open out of the way, <laughs> there are still a good amount of teams to fight. Just kind of wanting to rattle off. Roslark Bow goes back up to the number one in the number one seed, fighting the NM Fight Club. Masubi fights Team Flareon. Fearsome Frostlass is going to t- battle Premier Raids. Just top left is fighting any Philly Raids, and Michigan PvP is fighting the Wigglytuff Warriors. Our, our new top five. Ner- Nerdy Bird is just, just slightly outside of that. Yeah. Seven. But you know, we'll cover the top we'll cover the top five teams and open or the top five matchups and open as previews. If Nerdy Birds jump into the if Nerdy Birds jump into that spot, we'll definitely look give them a look-see when we can. And just a couple last call-outs, too. We have Gaitak playing Palatown Red, and then Coastal Kings playing Singapore Dragons. I feel like those could be fun ones to watch this week. I will I will put a note on my on my on my tablet to watch take a look out for them. We'll also we'll also need to see how SoCal Coastal SoCal Swablu Coastal comes back from their bout one loss right okay so (laughs) i just looked at iron tier and i'm it happened already we have a tie in iron tier and it yeah it means so much more in the round robin setting than in open where the the stakes i feel like are higher yeah because in in open 
for the most part. It feels like when there's a tie, both tombs are basically taking an L. And in the round robin tiers, put, puts teams in leagues of their own if yeah. no one else ends up tying later. So for those of you that are new to factions, if your faction wins, they get three points for the week. If your faction loses, they get zero. If they tie, both teams get one point, which can help or hurt depending on the rest of the depending on the rest of your team team's performance the rest of the cycle. In open, it's it can be very funny because one of the teams that tied ended up getting promoted into iron tier this past cycle. However, it also can hurt as we saw in the case of Hear Me Pyroar going up against Dinair Don't Care in saying that they were technically one point ahead of everyone else, so they got they they got our draw. So looking at the rest of the rest of these matchups, Grievard Underdogs won 14-7 against NMPVP. Swell Sprouts Revenge Tour gets gets derailed a little bit, losing to Testudo Skills 12-9. Island Guardians and Gumi University are the teams that tied. Inglorious Bastodons take an 11-10 win over Dojo Comrades. And finally, Sub-Zero takes a 12-9 victory over the Queen Bees. This rematch was definitely, this was a rematch from last cycle. And it looks like Sub-Zero now holds two wins over the Queen Bees on this rivalry. So I know we kind of looked, I know you chose the open team to follow. I get, I, that means I get to choose the iron. Did they, did they play last cycle? Yeah, they did. When did they play? I think they, it was about eight in open. I am fact checking myself right now. I completely was wrong. They they fought they they fought battle. I think I think they dodged. Okay. <laughs> so this is this is first the first time, time meeting. Yeah. All right. Ignore what I just said. The rivalry has starts. <laughs> the rivalry starts now. <laughs> this is it. The inaugural entry. Alrighty. So in iron, I say we should follow the queen bee because you just you just want to follow Sub Zero for another week. Look, I'm not gonna say the quiet part out loud, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Alrighty. So the Queen Bees, like we said, unfortunately had lost 12 to 9. But we can still dive into the top going down. We it's had a, It's a strong showing and there's just no sweeps on either end, so Oh, 100%. And it looks like so overall Sub-Zero took the Arcana field 4 to 2. They tied in the Catacomb field. And so it really came down to the open field where it looks like they had looks like two players had they switched their one twos into two ones it would be a very different story we'd be seeing here so in the open tier we had Reezy going up against i don't know how to say that concentrate queen 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 concentrate queen yeah oh you did it yay concentrate queen against Reezy. and yeah this is our this is our a tails on both teams thing <laughs> yep we had the shadow versus the regular lolan tails both players bought trevenant and that's where the similarities end reezy brings a shadow swampert obstagoon chrysalia needle queen into galarian stunfisk toxicroak jellicent and regirock now right off the bat this looks like it can go either way because you have so the swampert or kind of so the alolan shadow lolan nine tails assuming it's running powder snow can hurt the trevenant and ice does not beat rock can hurt Trevenant, and that looks to be about it. 
I'm checking, I'm checking my point totals again. At least for a great league, it doesn't make you put them in order. But maybe that's just what people are doing on their team builder <laughs> to keep yeah. track of it for themselves. They lean lean left on their point. True. And so at the, in this instance, we had... I'm really kind of... Now I'm kind of looking at the teams more. That Shadow Swampert looks like it did a lot of work in Galarian Stunfist, Toxicroak, and Regirock. And then Trevenant kind of being countered by the Alolan Ninetales and the Obstagoon definitely made it hard for Trevenant to kind of hit the field. Of course, Rizzi's Trevenant can also go into Concentrate's Trevenant and Jellicent and Regirock. Obstagoon kind of hit, we talked about that dark type. Obstagoon into Jellicent and the fighting counters in Regirock, as well as kind of hurting Galarian Stunfisk for super effective damage with Cross Chop. Chrysalia doesn't want anything to do with Trevenant, but loves to feast on Toxicroak. And then that Shadow Needle Queen, all hail the queen, with that Poison Fang Earth Power, can really put in some work if you don't plan for it. I will be confidently wrong on this one. <laughs> I mean, and it's it's okay here, right? Like, especially with the Shadow Queen after the Poison Fang nerf, it it's really a lot more dependent on that fast move pressure. And sure, it's it's good to check the Lola Ninetales Trevenant combo, but I mean, I think the Trev Shadow A Tails for Reezy is is already too good to overlook. Yeah, and especially at this one, I would have put I would put Side Shock over Dazzling Gleam, just because you would hit more things for neutral, like that Toxic Croak would be super effective. But the Side Shock would definitely hit Trevenant, Alolan Ninetales, and Jellicent and Regirock for a decent amount. <laughs> why, why would you throw Side Shock at Trevenant? Look, some people panic throw. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can use Weather Ball. Yeah, but I'm saying like if you had to throw Psy Shock for whatever reason. Yeah, if you had to, <laughs> you wanted to make a BM play or something. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I think if as long as you're playing to the strength of Obstagoon here, like I, I, I like that rotation a lot. Yeah. Because like, you're really just keeping it away from Toxicroak, and then if they happen to be running Charm on A Tails, I. Yeah, I was gonna mention, or yeah, you bring up charm, the charm tails. Hadn't thought about that one, but with charm taking a little bit of a nerf, everybody almost exclusively switched to powder snow. It's still something to keep track of, which you made a point of. Okay, so in the Justicar field, that's a Cobalion. In the just, uh, <laughs> as as I hear, Cobalion is pretty strong here. Yes. So we had Vegeta. <laughs> Someone has their stand-in token tomorrow. I see. Yes, it, it looks like it with Shadow in Shadow in four brought the Cobalion. However, Vegito brought Charizard, Machamp, Gengar, Magnezone, Victini, and Komo'o. It does not look like Cobalion got to play as much as it wanted to in this instance. But Shadow did put a good fight up again, fighting with Gengar, Charizard, Tentacruel, Scrafty, and Crustle to beef up that Cobalion a little bit. On paper, it looks like. The Machamp, the double fighter, looked to put in a lot of work, and then Magnezone was kind of there to just like sweep up what was left. Well, and what they did was they brought strong pressure against the Tentacruel. It's like, yeah, the, the Gengar's good, but having one other quality check makes 
Makes it a little, a little spookier to bring, even as good as it is in this meta. Gotcha, I see. But yeah, just the the fact that you know Shadowwind was able to take a game off against a very, I would say a very, gosh, I can't think of the word, a very strong team that looks like it has the upper hand on paper is a feat in and of itself. So well, well done, Shadow and Vegito. GG's to you too. Yeah. So we had. Let's see. I wonder. I wonder if that means that the Crustle found the Charizard at some point. Maybe. <laughs> you, well, you, you know that's what it's there for. It's there exclusively for that. and I mean, Cobalion can use the Stone Edge, and if it could land it, it could take Charizard and Victini out. But it would very much face an uphill battle against the likes of Machamp, you know, Charizard and Victini being able to hit for super effective with the fire moves, and Komo being able to hit with close combat if it was able to hit it when shields were down. Yeah. The one nice thing least about having the steel type because i feel like we didn't talk about this before is that you do at least have a resist for the dragon tail damage there yeah we did not talk about that in the last time well alrighty then so that's that matchup looking like in the master league now the queen bees took this one the queen bees took this one with betsy and calvin and emma five cents both bringing florges gyarados and mega gengar that's where the similarities end. Betsy and Calvin brought a Ho-Oh, Terrakion, and Hydreigon, and Emma Five Cents brought a Swampert, Zekrom, and Ursaluna. On paper, Swampert looks like Swampert and Gar- or yeah, Swampert and Gyarados itself were able- looks like it was able to put in a lot of work against the Mega Gengar, the Ho-Oh, the Terrakion, and the Hydreigon, assuming Gyarados was a Dragon Breath user. Well, and we got our question answered because they have. Emma Five Cents has the Swampert before the Zekrom, so it's it's just personal preference. Okay. And Florges, for that matter. Right. And, of course, the Zekrom having access to Fusion Bolt, or is it Fusion Flare? Well, it's the electric type, so you had it. Okay, Fusion Bolt. I keep, I honestly, I keep mixing up the names of it. I know one's electric and one's fire. But, yeah, having access to the Fusion Bolt and the Dragon combo can definitely down Betsy and Calvin's Ho-Oh and Gyarados. And then having access to the Dragon Breath with Dragon Claw can kind of make a Pokemon as attack-weighted as Hydreigon kind of not want to come out to play a little bit. I, the one thing that it doesn't have is, is Dragon Claw. So oh, it, you are you are stuck going for Outrage. That's the one I was looking for. Whoops. That's a charge, that's a charge move anyway, but okay, I, I see. at least we, we have now seen <laughs> a Dark-type pop up as an answer or potential answer to the Mega Gengar meta. Do you think the Master League is going to be dominated by Mega Gengar this this cycle? But it'll it'll be interesting to see if people stick with it, but just the fact that it is in that number 1 spot and is is very spooky. <laughs> that's a that's a fair point to make. I I mean this is the second team that brought or this is the third. Three out of four teams have brought Mega Gengar. Or maybe it was five. I can't, or all four. I can't remember yet. I'll go back and play the, the tape. I think we're at three out of four. Okay. Officially. Yeah, and so kind of looking at that, I guess everybody's saying that Mega Gengar was going to be a very polarizing, or a very polarizing one. Yeah, you're right. It's three out of four. <clears throat> but I, I'm very much interested to see how this will shape up. At the well, same and point. that, I, I was just going to say, that's a maybe a good reason to run crunch on your zekrom slash reshiram that's true at the same time with it being part poison 
you know, maybe this will be a meta where the ground types will kind of show their dominance of, hey, we're here to stay because we're ground types and nobody wants to mess with us. And and we do get an Ursaluna here, but the the problem there, of course, is that it's it's only got tackle. It's got high horsepower to hit Terrakion and make Gengar? Question mark. Yeah, <laughs> you still you still have to get to it. I want to see what that looks like actually, because <laughs> I I know Ursaluna is high stat product. Yeah, but of course for the Hisuian Pokemon, what's a stat product? Because I did not think Niantic or the Pokemon Company intended them to be battle to be battle teams or to be VGC ready. As far as their like official move sets go. Yeah. Man, I forget how many moves Gengar can learn. A lot. So yeah, let's let's just look. This if it's triple ghost, then Ursaluna does fine, which I guess makes sense, right? Like you're also double resisting the the ghost moves. Right. Can you get anywhere if you have focus blast? Probably. So I mean, it, it does have options, but obviously that will change your your Gengar move set if if you want to actually be able to hit the the Ursaluna when it shows up. Yeah, that's true. Well, already. So, I mean, that's that's a that's a nice little monkey wrench I think t- to point out is is that the the Ursaluna can hold its own against at it, very least the the triple ghost version. Right. And then, of course, having access to Thunder Punch can still pressure Ho and Gyarados, respectively. So Emma Five Cents was still was able to pull off a win with this. So congrats to her; she deserves it. Yeah. Well, and it, it's good to still see that the Gyarados is showing up, and uh, it's looking like the floor just is going to be one of those common one point picks. Where before, I think the Landorus was kind of in that in that role. Right. Yeah, you are right, actually. The the Landorus was definitely a very common pick last time out. It seems it seems like it would still be good in this version of the meta, but maybe people are reacting to just the strength of Kyogre after they did all the the primal raids, feeling a little shell shocked. Origin Pulse go burr. But do you really want to use Origin Pulse during PvP? I feel like there's there's kind of decent play for several versions of its moveset <laughs> but unfortunately you always want surf instead of the legacy move so it's like do you put two kyogres at 50 for that yes <laughs> i think that's probably the reason why you'll see mostly triple water kyogre is just because it's limiting in that way fair Okay, so now moving on into the fields. In the Arcana field, we had Great Wolf go up against Hurricane Kaz. And now this is interesting. Both teams brought Pelipper, but Hurricane Kaz brought Kafagrigus and Crustle and the Lorantis that we had saw a little bit in the last tier. But Great Wolf brought Shadow Jumpluff, Runarigus, Superior, Mew, oh, I hate Mew, and Kafagrigus. That thing can do anything. I like to use Mew. I hate to face it because I never know what it's going to run. Looking at this, honestly, looking at the team itself, there's, at least the way I'm looking at it, there's no reason why that Crustle was going to run, was not running Smackdown. Smackdown would hit the Jump Bluff, the Pelipper, Jump Bluff and the Pelipper for super effective damage while still being able to charge up enough energy to hit Superior for super effective damage with that X-Scissor. Yeah, and you're just gaining more than you're losing because you're never hitting the Rune for good damage off of the Crustle. Yeah. Runerigus hits the field. Crustle's gonna kindly leave. 
I want no part in this. <laughs> However, Lorantis looks like it did have some play against against Superior and Mew because Fury Cutter is going to do super effective against both of those types. And then, if you swap into Runarigus, you can get punished with a Lorantis Leaf Blade because of that ground typing. If we're talking about a punish for Superior and Mew, though, I feel like we should talk about Hodgecrow. <laughs> I was just about to get to that one. Because <laughs> that, that thing had a pretty mean look on this team. Let's see. Superior, Runarigus, Mew, and Coffergrigus. This was definitely a Pokemon that... Don't forget about that Shadow Jumpluff. Like, oh. it's, it's really just the, the Pelipper that yeah, can kind of outwing it because it's, it's so glassy. I will definitely want to see the, the recap VOD on this one. It's like, you might see Fairy Wind doing actual damage. Yeah, for the first time in forever. Yeah, in ever. <laughs> and probably the last time. Well, and I'm, I'm going to give it to, to Great Wolf just because of how good Hauntrio looks off of, <laughs> off of this lineup. Yeah, good on Great Wolf. That's that's really good to come back from a team that looks like it can... Well, no, hold on. I gotta stop myself for a second. What if Honchkrow suffered from it tried to do too much? Well, and, and that could that could be the story, right? Is it's, it's easy to get yourself into the mindset of, oh yeah, it can be all of these things where the reality is it'll be one of them <laughs> and then it'll be food for something else because you're you're not likely to get more mileage out of it like because it is just that classy yeah that's that's very fair so i had to stop i had to stop myself for a second like hope hold on taco get it together yeah it's it's one of those that at that surfetched level of (laughs) don't get too carried away (laughs) okay so in the next one this is oh my goodness this is spicy as can be i'm about to burn myself we had the Black Luffy bringing a Shadow Latios, Shadow Shiftry, Crustle, Malamar, Ferrothorn, and Hunter. Up against Pelipper, Super Size Gorgeist, Lorantis, Gengar, Relicanth, and Crustle. From Zayme. What even is this team? What are the what are these teams? Where you were talking about the Crustle on Hurricane Kaz's team pretty much being free to or wanting to run smackdown here it's looking like the opposite where the fury cutter gets you the mileage yeah that's quite frankly that's what it's looking like as well it's like the literally the one thing you do worse into is the haunter but i'm still in shock about that shadow latios but you know we go back you did have the point earlier when we were talking about tyrant that the dragon damage is unresisted Yep, that is true. I did say that. And and that the Latios is the one is is one of the dragon clawers, so that that might be the story of the Latios. Fair. But yeah, it, it does not want to it does not want to take any of the bug or ghost damage. Yeah. And is is this our is this our first team that doesn't have a Pelipper? Oh, no. Actually, so three of the teams in this in this uh, field didn't bring a shiftery. It just kind of caught up with me. Oh, it did. Okay. Yep. And this, they're all here, and they're all here in this matchup. The, yeah, the one shiftery from this from... match is is the Black Luffy's. Good on them. <laughs> Good job, Luffy. So that so Ferrothorn. How, how did yeah? How did they get past the the Fury Cutters? 
because you can't use Shifter I mean, or Malamar. Ferrothorn and Opposing Crustal for realignment. And then this is just like, how it's working in my head. Okay. So realignment through Crustal or Ferrothorn and then let Shadow Shifter and Latios loose on the on the field. With with Haunter double resisting the Fury Cutter, I, I wonder if, if that if Haunter got some play. Especially since there's like I was indirectly saying, there's no dark type on the other side. There's the Gengar that can kinda of, that can take it to a tie, but as soon as you get the Gengar out of the way, like it's it's looking pretty okay for Haunter. True, yeah. I mean, Pelipper is still spammy enough to be a problem. Like, you'll need shields, obviously, but as far as be- being able to actually stay in against Fury Cutter, it's like one of your least likely suspects for tanking moves. A Haunter suddenly gets to shine. <laughs> yeah. And maybe maybe that's what this setup is for. <laughs> if you have two Pokemon double weak and another one that's effectively double weak because it's Shadow Legendary... Maybe, maybe that's that's all that's all part of all part of the plan is you're trying to make room for Haunter. Oh yeah, it's all coming together. You just need your opponent to not bring Shiftry. It can happen. Well, alrighty then. So with that with that out of the way, I'm gonna move into the Catacomb field, and so capitalize go up goes up against Defye 250, and Defye brings an Alolan Grimer. I love it. That's that's one of my shelf builds that I want a good shiny for. Now I do have to ask the question: Is Defy going to bring a Shadow Alolan Grimer? Vent- well, no, they can't bring it in the, in yeah, Catacomb. They, they, Shadows they are in the Catacomb. Yeah, but it's still a, it's a really neat build. That Alolan Grimer. Now correct was, me. Was part. that your was that your segue to talk about the new shadows? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested. I won't be able to use it in Catacomb, but Shadow Driftblim, Shadow Lolan Grimer look really good. I kind of want to see what Shadow Dawnfan brings. I mean, it's just, it's just gonna look cool. My wheel is my wheel has purple flames. What is going on? I have come from the depths. <laughs> so capitalize. It's, it's gonna be our stand-in Great Tusk for a while. Yeah, can't wait for those to hit the field. Gonna turn Master League up on its side. Alrighty, so. Capitalize brings Barbarical, Frostlass, Jumpluff, Quillfish, Sudowoodo, and Umbreon. This is, this is looking more like a regular Catacomb team. Yep, aside from the... <laughs> aside from the... Actually, no. The entire team was legal at the time. No, Barbarical wasn't there. But yeah, against DeFi's Alolan Grimer, Sudowoodo, Jumpluff, Umbreon, Frostlass, and Samurott. So right off the bat, the Samurott has so much play against Barbarical, Sudowoodo, and Umbreon being able to hit Hydro Cannon and Mega Horns like there is no tomorrow. And Alolan Grimer can put in some work, poison jabbing down that jump fluff. And then I'm going to say Umbreon was able to kind of clean up the Frostlass and Quilfin. I think you started with the right Pokemon, just highlighting Samurott. That's the other one we haven't talked about because it wasn't really in the, <laughs> the, other, the other field slots so far where... It's 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 very strong and teams need to be prepared for it. Yep, I learned the, the combo of the coverage is 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 quite deadly. I learned that during my the practice bouts because samurais go burr, and yeah, but that's besides the point. <laughs> yeah, well, and and here you're you're seeing kind of the 
response to that with both teams having jump bluff. Right. And so kind of looking at that, I am... I mean, jump bluff is going to do jump bluff things. It's just a tank at this point. And so kind of look, going off of that, I'm I'm interested to see how well these play, these trainers were able to cap to capitalize, no pun intended, on the alignments. Yeah, and, and I would say Barbarical probably did fairly well here just because it has that neutral or better into DeFi's entire team. I was going to say Cross Chop and Razor Shell, or is it Cross Chop and like a Rock Stone Edge, yeah. Okay, Stone Edge. All right, then. And then last but not least, we have OG Player 1 against Metaboo 26. OG Player 1 brings a Sudowoodo, Lorantis, Quillfish, Frostlass, Umbreon, Jump Pluff. Once again, Catacomb team without Lorantis. Against Galvantula, Sudowoodo, Jump Pluff, Sableye, Frostlass, and Samurai. I'm still amazed we haven't seen any Beedrill. I know. Didn't didn't MJ say like Catacomb was gonna be very Beedrill centric? Well, just the old Catacomb meta was right, oh, okay. and it, it does still sim well. And I mean, you throw it into this mix of Pokemon, it, it would do fine, right? But I think maybe people are a little Beedrilled out from Ionic. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And then yeah, we we see the Coolfish showing up as one of the reliable pseudo answers as well. Yeah, because you get Poison Sting, Aqua Tail, and then either Sludge Wave or insert other move here. Yeah, Ice Beam if you want to really punish the the Jump Bluff kids. Or there. if you're worried about other water types, yeah, you, you go Poison. Okay, that makes sense. Well, alrighty then. So that is the wrap-up for the Queen Bees' first, first run. Welcome back to Iron. Next week, they have Dojo Comrades. Sub-Zero is going up against Gumi University. Inglorious Bastidons is going up against Testudo Skills. Island Guardians fights NMPVP. And Grievard Underdogs is going to look to continue their win to build a win streak against Swell Sprouts. I can't wait to see what what chaos comes from factions this week. Well, and I mean, that's, that's kind of the other thing we didn't comment on is, is Grievard is one of those that got pulled up last minute and they're they did fine against a team that's been in upper tiers for a while yep actually yeah we didn't comment on that good eye jet good eye i mean half, half of the tier is teams that got pulled <laughs> up, so it's not like we really need more than a minute to say it but right okay moving on into copper the new home of our faction the Dinir don't care. So right off the bat, I want to say that the newly promoted open teams had a very strong showing. Barktown Boomers beat Winter Vortex. Battle Boys dominated the Utah Rangers. Unfortunately, Dinir don't care lost a heartbreaking 11 to 10 against SoCal Swab Blue San Diego's C team. Well, not San Diego's C team, but well, you know what I mean. SoCal Swab Blue C team from San Diego. <laughs> Yeah. I just like all the S-sounding syllables. Mm-hmm. Pioneer Valley also was also able to take a 13-8 victory over the Spices Right. And then Busta Mime beat the Orlando Faction 11-10. You know, right off the bat, the only team that did not have a close game was Battle Boys and Utah Rangers. Everyone else was super close. Yeah, they, they didn't win a single line. It's a tad unfortunate. But yeah, the rest, the rest within five points. It's, I mean, it's it is unfortunate for the Utah Pokemon Rangers that they're going up against 
the next best team that came out of open <laughs> for about two with the boomers but i mean so we'll, we'll see how they how they bounce back right so real quick i know in the show notes i wanted to follow one team however i kind of want to throw it out the window just because i'm seeing so much spice from the other teams that played this week that it's hard to like pinpoint are you are you gonna do a smattering yes we're gonna smatter this. We're gonna smatter this tier. <laughs> or at least for at least for this week, we'll give it we'll give it one more to see who we, who we like. Right. Yeah. So I do want. I just the reason why I say that is because I want to highlight Barktown Boomers for a second. Silent Beast and Licensed to Draw, but brought two Pokemon we have not seen yet. Silent this Beast. Is in Arcana. Yes, in the Arcana field. Silent Beast brought an Agron. I did see four of the battles brought in Agron also this week. Oh, this is this is news to me. And so then, they're they're in, they're in good company. Okay, and then license to draw brought a Dusclops. That is a ghost we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely something. Like, oh my goodness, you know, leave it leave it to the the Barktown Boomers to bring some very spicy picks. Well, and and Dusclops is one of those that is easy to forget that it's gotten a bunch of move updates <laughs> it, uh, it's it's one of the recipients of the heavy hitting community ghost type nuke so oh poltergeist yeah it, it has it has that option now it's it's not just stuck with trying to be a purified version to have a nuke mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like they actually gave it a nuke move finally <laughs> i kind of need to yeah the punches still. I should probably dust off my dust claps and try to put some put some mileage under it. It still doesn't have shadow claw, so it's it's stuck in the in the hex mode. So it's it's kind of in that same circle as a Gorgeist, but fair. It seems like it seems like a fun option, and I mean we do see another Mew, so <laughs> that's that's fun too. Mew go burr. Yeah, Mew didn't burr enough. <laughs> that's that's, that's what happened here. Uh, I'm going to kind of give you a whiplash for a second and move into the Pioneer Valley and Spices Right in the Master League slot. Okay. They brought a quadruple steel line. Uh, sorry, Stillus Scallywag brought a quadruple steel line into a double water. And but Zamazenta, that's fun. Correct me if I'm wrong, Zamazenta is just a pure fairy, right? It is, pure fighting. Pure fighting, okay. So it was... And it's, and it's a zero pointer. Ooh, that's neat. I'm honestly, like first first glance, I really would have thought the Ursaluna and the Zamazenta would be able to take care of the quadruple steels with like high horsepower and like close combat and such. But I'm gonna chalk it up to some very good pivoting on account of wait a second. It, it it's the other way around. The quadruple steel line won. Yeah, you had it. You had it oh, right. I, okay, and I did have it. <laughs> <laughs> you were yeah, you were expecting a little bit of of pushback, but like I was saying before, Ursuluna is just tricky as a steel. Like thinking of it as a steel counter is a little iffy because it's it's locked into tackle, and oh right, like, right, it can tank move, but it's it's also taking a while to get to anything that's actually threatening, and it's it's not actually resisting steel at all. Okay, oh that's right, steel does not or ground does not resist steel. Yeah. That makes more sense, honestly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and I, I do think the real story here is that this is our first strong 
response to a Mega Gengar? Is just throw steels at it. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know if you should take that as gospel, but I'm I'm just saying like kind of out of context that that is a takeaway is they they managed the Mega Gengar. Yeah, that that's a fair one. Um did did we have other other friends to check in on? Yeah. I'm going to highlight I'm going to cheat a little bit and highlight you. Oh. Actually your opponent. Yeah, I did, did like Kalidad's team. Yeah, in in the in the catacomb field, Kalidad brought a midnight form Lycanroc, Milotic, and Superior, along with Umbreon, Frostlass, Beedrill against. Well, I'm gonna let you break that team that one down for me. <laughs> <laughs> I brought <laughs> Mandibuzz, Eridos, Sableye, Chestnut, Sudowoodo, and Lapras. And yeah, like 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 I was saying, the very first thing I said when I saw his team was man i like that team it's got several of my just kind of in general favorite pokemon i, I really i use my Lotic most of the time like if you look at my card any anytime i can use it it's there because that thing is especially nice in metas like this one where similar to arcana the the dragon tails are just always gonna chunk yeah like in rock just filling that like pseudo wudo but not pseudo wudo <laughs> i mean it does have access to a debuffing move. yeah and and that is i think the main advantage of running lycan rock the the nice thing similar to pseudo wudo is you're still kind of in in the captain's chair about whether you want to run counter or rock throw which is to me kind of the downside of, of trying to replace pseudo wudo is it really gets they both really get to shine in factions because if you have an opponent that is especially weak to rock then it's it's not it's a nice thing to be able to just switch over very easily to instant rock damage instead of being stuck going for in lichen rock's case a stone edge which can take a bit to get to gotcha i see and, and that that's you'll a still very... get to throw psychic fangs <laughs> not not poison fangs psychic fangs psychic yeah okay I mean, it's very interesting because Calicube brought a Beedrill, and then I brought Beedrill, and Rumtum also brought Beedrill. You were the only one that did not bring a Beedrill. You brought uh, yeah, Ariados. My Beedrill substitute Ariados, which <laughs> I, I, I love Ariados. I'll, I'll, I'll probably keep running it just because it's it's got some good flips, and I mean, I'll, I'll let the cat out of the bag on this, but in in general. I feel like it's it's not simming as, as well as it should, mm. and kind of kind of leave it at that. Where the even just straight lunge like that, that thing is dumb. And, and and you know, you can take advantage of the fact that there are people that don't know that rock doesn't resist bug, so it's 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 gonna dent a lot of the meta. Right. So that was yeah. That's a really nice one. That's honestly most of the spattering I wanted to do, just to highlight a lot of the other factions that didn't bring like the same Pokemon we talked about. <laughs> was was there anything from the Bustamime Orlando faction that stood out? Just to maybe preview them a little. Uh, so Naruto Six brought a Vigoroth, and Eevee Lover sixty nine fifteen brought a Togekiss, Altaria, and a Great League Melmetal. I did see a talking Pikachu also brought a Melmetal for this first bout, so ah. there might be there might be there might be something to this Melmetal, especially with 
double Iron Bash, I'm wondering if it has the potential to pick up some new matchups that people maybe aren't ready for. I know double Iron Bash is a very spammy steel move, so it, it makes sense. It really does. So if any of you out there, Mel Metal runners, are running double Iron Bash, let me know how it, how it is, honestly. You can let us know in our Discord or tag me on Twitter. I'm getting a little bit more active on it, I think. <laughs> yeah, if all else fails, we can just be like, hey, ATP, tell us about the Mel Metal. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably say something along the lines of, yeah, we're fighting this week, so I really can't do that. Or we're fighting soon. It's fine. I'll just I'll just sneak into the open slot. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Jet taking notes over here. <laughs> I see a, I see a Lucario in the Justicar matchup. That is spicy. I see a Regice in Utah Rangers and Battle Boys. Oh, and Galarian Slowbro. There is a Grotal <laughs> in Catacomb. In Bustamine versus Orlando faction. Bustamine doing a lot. I like the Grotal. It's not, I don't know, you can't use Shadows, but Shadow Grotal is really, really good. I would assume regular Grotal is just as good. Well, and yeah, especially with the Shadow, just like any Shadow Razor Leaver that also gets a spammy charge move like Body Slam, you're in a decent spot. Gotcha. All right, so for about. Oh, oh, oh. Also, also there was a Tyrant in Catacomb in that same. Oh my goodness. I had not thought, I forgot that Tyrant is actually a legal Pokemon to use in Catacomb. But it wouldn't be as good because you have, I mean, Sudowoodo can kind of hard counter it with just counter. Because it's a rock type and fighting beats rock. Yeah, the, the Sudowoodo is still taking neutral back with the dragon damage, but you're right. In, okay. in general, there's better rock answers, I think. Just, like, you can expect there to be rock answers because Sudowoodo is so prominent. It's, it's an interesting option, and <laughs> it's another reason for Tyrant lovers to rejoice. You, you finally get to use it for the next few Nine weeks. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so for bout two... Barktown Boomers is going to go up against Utah Pokemon Rangers. Pioneer Valley PvP is going to be fighting against Winter Vortex. Diener Don't Care has a grudge match against Battle Boys this week. Last time they won 16-5. They're, they're going to be looking for vengeance from last time out. Busted Mime is fighting Spices Right. And the Orlando Faction is fighting SoCal Swablu San Diego. And quite honestly, this is it's still a toss-up as to who's going to win this Who's going to win this cycle? I do think it'll be telling just that two of the teams off of the 11-10s are playing each other in that in that fifth slot. Like, who who comes out ahead? Yeah, we had one one that came out on the winning side and one came out on the losing side. So anything is up for grabs right now. And hopefully we'll be looking for our first win this week. Finally, we have bronze tier. And there was a decent number of staff corrections during the during the fight. I guess people just didn't set their lineups. Stadium Elite is, Silver. Is that what it is? Yeah, because there's it's out of twenty points. Oof. Yeah. So Stadium Elite Silver takes it to Battle Club Orlando, sixteen to four. Sea Kingpin starts out strong against Field Team Six, thirteen to eight. Bad Mewtwo's beats Ghost Pepper Dunspice 14 to 7. And Synchronoise beats the Tap and Turtle Squad 13 to 8. And Sharks and Wreck wins 13 to 7 against the Mighty Thunder Ducks. Unfortunately, so for, 
for Thunderducks at least, it looks like it was just a coordination issue. Ah, you are you are correct on that. And then yeah, Kenny the Kid on Battle Battle Club did not set their lineups. Bummer. So kind of diving into this, I kind of like the spattering. Not gonna lie. <laughs> it's I mean especially because it's already been like a longer episode because we were referencing and whatever. But yeah. Uh, oh, I got. We, did we have a team for this tier though? Just to put it out there, I had picked Ghost Pepper Dunspice because Cinderella team. Okay, but I'm also kind of looking around. Like in Stadium Elite Silver, Jonathan Kelly brought a Raikou in the Justice Field, and L Bakichumal, L L Bakichumal. Words are hard. They brought an Alolan Raichu, so it was like spice on both sides. Well, and it's it's still the electric types, which makes me think probably having that Charizard Tentacruel combo in mind. Ah, that's a good core to have, honestly. Yeah, well, and it's it's basically guaranteed to perform, and it's it's really how players decide to answer it, and it's it's looking like electric is kind of, is kind of that answer. Electric will be very much OP in the in the Justicar field. I'm thinking. I don't know about OP, but it's it's definitely another side of whatever whatever the meta turns into, whether it's a triangle or a square. I hope it's a square. Squares are more fun. <laughs> don't be a square. <laughs> Fine, I won't be a square. On on the on the fun side, there are like three teams in this tier that we've followed. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of makes it hard to... So that means we can't do Stadium Elite, we can't do Spiel Team, we can't do Tap and Turtle Squad. But we, we can finally do Sharks and Wreck. Yeah, we can. I, I mean, it'll it'll be worth it just to get their names in mind, I think, a little bit better since they've, they've been on that same or similar trajectory to our, our friends over at the uh, Brave Nerds. Yeah, quite frankly, Rock Paper Slark, the Sharks and Wreck, and the Brave Nerds are all are all very good teams. It's just one. It's unfortunate that all of those were fighting in the same tier, and one of them had to get double promoted because they were all doing so well. But at the same time, I don't really well. We don't follow. We don't follow. What's the word? Rock Paper Slark anymore. And yeah, so we should probably follow Sharks and Wreck. I'm liking it. Get the get the last members of the new guard there they're due yep especially with pokey gains in sharks and wreck brought an overquill brought a double poison core and overquill actually triple poison overquill tentacruel and gengar i was i was looking at the zekrom <laughs> and as as the more interesting one across from it oh yeah and there's the double double electric core on on both teams double electric that might be a good me- that might be a meta pick i mean because togedemaru is really good really strong we, we, we knew about toga tomorrow it's it's more these other electrics that are sneaking in because they are potential answers to that charizard tentacle combo yeah the charizard tentacle combo is just so strong and then we have dale tune army <laughs> bringing another mega gengar <clears throat> just running away with it yeah okay i'm gonna probably say that master league is the mega gengar cup mewtwo Palkia is an interesting combo. Well, and I think the most immediate change, just because it's the Mega Gengar 
field this time is that Mewtwo Mewtwo's in a weird spot. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if you if you do get a Psy Strike into it, it'll KO it, but you're getting outpaced. So it's 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 not what it was. Like even last cycle where Mewtwo was a staple, I'm thinking it's it's a riskier pick this time. <laughs> yeah. It is our first Palkia though. That is and true. Rush, and Rushmore? Yeah, and then especially with well, Dale 2 and Army, aside from bringing the Mega Gengar, also brought two ground types and a Dragonite to cover the Excadrill. And, you know, with Florges kind of doing its thing against Palkia and resisting what is most likely a Dragon Breath Gyarados, I kind of see how Dale Toon was able to pull off the 3 0. Meanwhile, Snorlax is chilling, and <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Maybe that's that's also on the the short list of potential Mega Gengar answers. Yeah, because you can do Lick into Earthquake if you wanted. Yeah, it's like I, I don't just just maybe drop. maybe maybe Outrage is more generally useful, but I, I mean Snorlax just has so many moves that. You can you can kind of get away with having it be the the Swiss Army knife for whatever team you're up against that week. Yeah, I would probably have Snorlax on radar, on the radar for that. And then let's see, we've got well, we only got one matchup in Zizwilus and Manning the third. The Shadow Alolan Marowak looking really good in Arcana, along with a Superior or a Double Grass and Superior and Shiftry two Mews head-to-head. I feel like that's the <laughs> that, that's the real surprise out of this one. It's like we have seen a few Mews around, but this is the, <laughs> I cannot tell you the last time I saw a Mew mirror that wasn't... Uh, what was what was last month's cup? Nyad? Oh yeah, Nyad. Like, outside of, outside of Nyad. I was gonna say, you and I fought last month. <laughs> so many TMs wasted. <laughs> I, I, I was glad mine didn't take very long to get the moves that I wanted. Well, no, see, like, for mine, I had ran a Mew with two different sets. And so, depending on what turn it was in, I had to switch the moves back because I was not going to be a dirty, dirty cheater. So, so one of your Mews is unusable, like mine? <laughs> yes and no. The CPs don't aren't the same. Well, I just, I just mean you didn't set up both of them, presumably because one of them is, is just hurts your soul to do the second move on. No, they both have two moves. It's just I was a dumb taco. <laughs> you paid for your greed, did you? I did. Anyway, so, <laughs> in the catacomb field, we are seeing Gordon the Flash against Jello Too Good. And Gordon the Flash is looking, is running what looks to be a me- the meta Four Catacomb in Sudabudo, Umbreon, Frostlast, Samurott, Mandibuzz, and Chestnut. Against Drapion, Barbarical, Frostlast, Samurott, Jumpluff, and Fro- and Chestnut again. <laughs> you know, right off the bat, I'm kind of seeing a pattern in Catacomb already, where you kind of need the the water grass core, and then you got to pair it up with something that can take a flyer down. I think this is our first triple water, though. Wait, where are you seeing the triple water? With Milo, Barbarical, Samurott. Oh, you're talking about MX MX Chimps? Okay, MX yeah. Chimps team. Into Migos team. Okay, I see what you mean now. 
but I agree. There's 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 kind of a handful of what are looking like the staples already, and then a few outliers or side grades, I guess, for similar jobs. <laughs> or it's just like you you kind of want a a dark type just to hinder frost last specifically because this this is a meta where it's it's it feels like it's it's not as strong as the normal frostless uh-huh. do you do you agree with that yeah i do agree on that one like it's it's not running away with with games as often but i mean it's it's at the end of the day it's still a frostless <laughs> it's still got quite a few wins under its belt yeah it's fair honestly okay so unfortunately we'll be able to do recap gambino dragon and jake eat steak matchup due to the staff corrections but we hope to follow that we hope to follow gambino dragon next week in bout two, we're seeing Stadium Elite Silver looking to continue the dominant run that they had last cycle. They're going to be taking on Field Team 6. Bad Mewtwo's are going up against Battle Club Orlando. And Synchronoise and Sea Kingpin are going to be fighting against each other. Sharks and Wreck and Ghost Pepper Dunspice. And then lastly, we've got the Mighty Thunderducks and TTT Squad are going to be looking for their first win of the cycle. Each of these teams are definitely going to be, are going to be having fun in their own right. And I can't wait to see what Bronze Tier has for has for us. Jet, are you excited to see what the cycle is bringing? Because I'm super excited. <laughs> yeah, well, and you mentioned Dunspice, and so I was just going to check if uh, Chief Rearl teammate played in the first bout. It looks like he didn't. They did. He did not, sadly. But I'm still pulling for Jeffrey. You know, he's he's an amazing Master League player, and for him to be on a very high. Honestly, a team that isn't an open is also pretty sweet. Yeah, not not going back into the kiddie pool is good. <laughs> but such is factions itself. So, with all of that being said, and our very first wrap-up under our belt, I know it's been a little bit of a longer episode. Yes, indeed. I'm going to do a quick pause for a second. There we go. Okay. <laughs> OBS being OBS. Alrighty, so... With our very first wrap-ups in our in the books, super excited to see what the cycle brings. I know we're going to spend a lot of time on open tier. It's just, it's going to happen. I mean, there's almost twice as many teams as when we started the podcast. So. I know. <laughs> kind of makes me, I wonder how we're going to be able to do it. But we'll do our best week in and week out. But yeah. until next time, always remember to keep your dragon fangs sharp. Fairy types are not cool. Stay away from them. Ice types, you should stay away from those too. Flygon is the greatest Pokemon of all time. And until next time, we will see you all in our next episode. I think I'm most excited to see how the the kind of set that we've got for the metas changes up. <laughs>